Seven minutes past four. Let's uh, talk uh, trending topics. That was Maceo Parker with Children's World. Uh, trending topics. Trending news right now. Katlego Silwadi joins us, our social commentator, to discuss what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours. How are you, Katlego? Very good morning to you, Asanda. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Tikolosha Gang, or our gang. I don't know what we call ourselves, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> we'll find the name for us. Yeah. A Pep lifestyle. Uh, let's talk about this club and, or restaurant, whatever, a lounge it is. Uh, so Black Twitter has dragged this Ayepiep Lifestyle Club following a post that they put up that they're looking for hostesses or and bottle girls to work for them. So the, the challenge is, is that uh, the requirements uh, people feel like are discriminatory. What exactly are they looking for? Absolutely. So Ayepiep, as you said, is a lifestyle uh, lounge club, if you may. They've got three branches across the country in Johannesburg, Pretoria, and Cape Town. And they've essentially put out a flyer to um, recruit new hostesses. Um, and, you know, some of the requirements are that you needed to be 22 and above um, in terms of your age. You need to have some sort of social currency. So that's 2,500 uh, followers on Instagram. And in terms of your body size, you need to be small to medium. Um, you must be well put together, well spoken or outspoken and friendly. And then you must know how to walk and work in heels. So Twitter was, you know, just outraged by um, particularly the small to medium size uh, requirements. And they've just, you know, said or expressed that it is quite discriminatory um, towards women um, who are bigger size or plus size women. Uh, I don't understand. Because this is discriminatory on so many different levels. Because I can't walk on on heels, and I'm not a, a plus-sized woman. So I could feel like I'm being discriminated against. I'm definitely not 22. What about those young people who are saying, we also don't have jobs, and uh, we are above mm-hmm. the ages of 22, and within the bracket of 35 or maximum, or whatever, the maximum age. I think it's 35 in terms of the bracket of youth. And we also mm-hmm. need jobs. We're also being discriminated against. Why are people catching feelings about the plus-sized part of it? Well, I think, um, you know, as you said, that, you know, people are looking for jobs and, you know, to um, already cut out um, plus-size women and say that you're only looking for small to medium-sized women is, you know, already just limiting for, you know, other young people. But um, on the other hand, you know, other people have said that the outrage was fake because people don't make noise about bodybuilders being hired to be bouncers. So, you know, you don't get to, Mm. for example, a club and then find a small, petite, short man or woman, you know, who is a bodybuilder. And so, you know, you know, some people have just um, overlooked this thing. This is Twitter being Twitter again, um, just finding anything to to nitpick. As you say, I mean, other industries also have size requirements or other requirements and criteria that excludes other people. Not everyone will always be included in everything. Even flight attendants, there's, you know, there's criteria that you need to meet. And, and other industries, I'm just thinking of that top of my mind. As you say, bouncers mm-hmm. as well, they have to fit a certain look and size even and wear certain clothing. I think it has to be black and suits or whatever it is. But it also mm-hmm. does it not also speak to the image then of a particular business? And in this case, it's a club. We know clubs and lounges, there's a certain image that goes with them, isn't it? I mean, it is quite impressionable in terms of Absolutely. what we, we're talking about. We're talking hostesses, we're talking bottle girls. Businesses are trying to get money and they will use how that person looks who's serving the, the patrons to get that money. Absolutely. 
exactly. Um, you know, when people say safe south, they are referring to exactly this and just, you know, how uh, women have been objectified. You need to look this way. You need to, you know, have nails, have weaves. There's a certain look because even in being small or medium-sized, you know, if you come out with your natural hair, it's like, uh, but, you know, it's, 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 you're not well put together as per the requirements. You need to, you know, fit a certain aesthetic um, to, for them to be able to make the revenue that they need to make. But to that point, you know, um, as you mentioned, other industries, if we look at beauty pageants, you know, Miss Essay, Miss Universe, you know, how many times have we seen plus-size women being represented on these platforms? So I think the conversation is really bigger than I hear yet. Um, but I do also think that, you know, every job has its own requirements um, that speaks to the, um, you know, the capabilities that they need. You know, um, if you can work, um, you know, in walk and work in heels, that's what they're looking for. Um, and, and, you know, the, being small size to medium size speaks to the, um, the industry they're in and, the, you know, how they make their revenue. So unfortunately, you know, this does not um, speak to plus size women. Um, but yeah, Twitter being Twitter, you know, pulled it apart. And just, um, seems to, you know, have gone mute about it. Um, and, and I would think that I actually thought they would take advantage to launch something or, you know, uh, promote a, an event. But I think they've gone quiet with it and, and um, they've decided that, you know, it will trend and t- tomorrow we'll, we'll focus on another topic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they need to even respond to this because, I mean, as we say, what they're looking for, we're talking bottle girls. These are girls that parade, right, in these clubs and with mm. those, whatever, the, the big bottles that they take into their tables and all of that. It becomes a whole entertainment thing on its own. So there is mm. obviously a requirement of what they know what they're looking for at that point. And I don't think, I think this is fake anger, honestly. I think we're focusing on the wrong things. As I say, some people might even feel, because it looks like they're looking for models. Some people might feel even if they fit the small to medium size, they can't work in heels. I can't work in heels. I don't know if you can, Katlero. I can do one hour and then that's it. <laughs> that's exactly it. So I think, um, you know, uh, people will people who fit the criteria will apply and, you know, all the best to them. Um, but I remember, you know, with every topic that we discuss, you always ask the question whether, you know, certain things need to be put out on Twitter. Perhaps a year people supposed to put this out to a, you know, employment recruitment agency, People would have applied, and we wouldn't be talking about it today. But, um, you know, Twitter being Twitter, it will do what it needs to do. Yeah, with adverts, uh, castings, you know, there's a a criteria, and it's very specific. So if I get a brief, or if I'm an agent and I get a brief, and it says we want orange-haired people with brown eyes, must Mm. all the blondes with blue eyes now start putting a fuss? I mean, that's just what it is, guys. Let's, I think, move on and and find where we fit, because there's always a space Mm. where we all fit. Um, yeah, hashtag Phoenix uh, Massacre now, uh, more serious stuff. The DA being called out for racist campaign posters. I saw these. So mm-hmm. uh, sources in the DA are saying that the party's senior leaders in KwaZulu-Natal are pushing for their national leaders to concede that controversial election posters in Phoenix that we saw north of Durban, that they've sent the wrong message to voters about race and should be taken down. Why is the DA's top leader saying they didn't know about these posters? And that's an interesting statement because we have heard, um, you know, um, different leaders uh, in the DA saying that, you know, these posters were approved. So it, it just tells you that, um, you know, there are loopholes in 
the marketing system that um, the DA is, or the strategy that the DA is working on. And at the moment, they, you know, trying to do damage control, saying they didn't know about this, they, you know, they didn't mean that, um, you know, trying to um, to kind of save the situation. Um, unfortunately, John Ian Haven is adamant that he meant what he said, um, you know, and the process mean what uh, the DA wants to say, and that he is not going to be apologizing for anything he has said. So there's even contradictions within the party. Then we don't know who's mm. saying what. Because also, uh, what about the comments that were made earlier before the DA's top leaders in KwaZulu Natal said they were not aware of these posters? Uh, comments made earlier that this was not a statement based on race, but that the mm. ANC was making it so. And also, I was asking myself, but what does racism mean? What is racist then? If we're not saying it's connected to race, in its it's like essential meaning of racist, what does it not mean? How does it how does it not touch on race? I think the one thing about DA is that, um, you know, they, they, as a party, they, they're not um, seemingly allowing themselves to just learn, you know. Um, every time there is um, racial tension, it, it seems to come from the DA. Um, and I think this particular one is quite insensitive, considering that, you know, there were lives lost, 36 people dead, um, um, the families um, in, um, affected by, by, those, um, by those deaths. And, you know, to come out and spark more rage that could, you know, potentially lead to more unrest. Um, you know, we don't know how the residents will take this. Um, and, you know, we can only wait to see how it unfolds in the days to come. But, um, you know, quite ignorant, quite insensitive and quite divisive, if I may add. Yes. I don't believe that the DA as an organization is one that is racist, just like I don't believe that the ANC as an organization is one of heroes. I mean, we can't generalize on that basis. I don't think so. But, I mean, the statement was made in terms of these posters. So what do you think the response should be then from the part of the DA? Well, they've come out, as I said, to, you know, come out and say, you know, this is what they meant, trying to give context to those posters, but I do think that, um, you know, language, how you use language and what you say um, is very important, particularly in this um, current climate. I do think that there's better ways to, you know, um, address issues. And I always just say that, you know, um, in South Africa, at least, um, parties always point to each other when campaigning. So they'll say, oh, but look, Asanda's not doing this. I can do this. Why not focus on your own manifesto? Why not focus on your own initiatives and speak to the people about that? As soon as you start pointing fingers, you run into the danger of, you know, making um, statements that may not be well received. And this is one of those instances. Yeah. And at that meeting, the DA's top leaders in KwaZulu-Natal meeting, the provincial management committee, uh, who said that they would ordinarily sign off on the campaign, they're saying they didn't know. But then Dean McPherson is said to be the only person who did know. Then Dean went on to say, uh, allegedly, that uh, the DA can't afford to lose 50% of, oh, no, sorry, rather that the DA can afford to lose 50% of the black DA voters, but they can't afford to lose 50% of the Indian voters. If this is a true statement, I mean, it's a contradiction because then this statement mm. is based on race, which the DA had earlier said that they are staying away or staying clear from uh, making uh, their campaign about racism. And also, you know, uh, another uh, something else that came up was that, um, you know, in them trying to give context to what the posters meant, you know, them saying that, oh, but the president, um, when he was addressing the unrest, said that, 
you know, um, people were heroes. And I think that, you know, that is then just trying to throw the ANC and the president under the bus, um, you know, because I, 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 I think that the president was more addressing the people who were protecting more um, that hadn't been damaged, you know, to say those are the heroes because they are protecting people's jobs, they are protecting people's livelihoods. So to try, you know, as I said, they're trying to do some damage control. There's um, also contradictions. Um, we've heard that several DA leaders or councillors, including um, the city of Johannesburg mayor candidate, Dr. Tom Popalate, um, you know, we heard that um, she's not, um, um, at, or, you know, she was unhappy with the messaging and was encouraging that the posters be removed. So there isn't, you know, a streamlined messaging. Um, the DA seems to to be in trouble, and, and um, I think it's better that they resolve it as we're uh, nearing um, closer to, to the election. DA activists are said to be seething with anger over these posters. They're not happy at all. And, uh, I mean, uh, from one news outlet saying that a DA activist was saying they wish that the party generally had included them also in the decision-making. What remedial action could be uh, taken from the side of DA activists? Would it make a big difference? Firstly, to account, you know, in all the statements that we've heard today, we've heard we didn't mean this, we, you know, we intended this and the other, um, other leaders saying they're not going to apologize. So to first account for how the message is um, being received, because, you know, as much as you can't control the interpretation that people have, I think that, you know, once it has been received in this manner, you do need to take um, account and you need to consider what people are saying. You need to consider, um, you know, whether it's negative or positive, the reception of that message, one, to account, and then if an apology is needed, to do so, because um, remember they're campaigning for votes. So if, if if you're not taking account for something, and I want to say as small as this, what more when you start calling out for service delivery? What more when you start saying, oh, but um, you asked us to vote for you and this is now not being delivered? You know, so it may be, it might seem trivial to them, but um, I think that um, South Africans are looking at a broader context to say, how do they deal with issues and how do they deal with feedback from the citizens that they're asking votes from? Talking of citizens, I mean, there are many peace groups uh, within Phoenix who were working and they made efforts to regain the trust of the community members there. How should they view this and how should they feel now of their efforts over the past three months that they've made to foster that togetherness? And now that could be potentially reversed by these posters. Exactly that, to say that, um, you know, we're trying so hard as a country to move forward, but every now and then we find ourselves, you know, being pulled tense. Uh, 10 steps backwards, um, you know, um, forcing us to even deal with issues that, um, you know, one, are unresolved, but two, are just um, a destruction, to be honest with you. And as you put it, that, you know, different groups that um, helped at the time, um, you know, they may feel that uh, uh, that these statements are unfair. We know that, you know, a mother who has lost her son during the um, the unrest and riots, she said that, you know, she felt that the deal was being insensitive. And now she's a voter, you know. So um, I think just going forward, the DA needs to, 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 
to have a one, they need to be united in terms of their messaging, have a clear message so that you don't have a candidate in one city saying, oh, but, you know, that does not represent me because at the end of the day, they are one party and that's how we view them, especially when we now um, consider national elections, you know. So I think the DA needs to do better on their side and hopefully they can, um, you know, come out of this situation. And, I mean, as I say, I don't think the DA is necessarily a party of racists, I don't think the ANC is necessarily a party of heroes. Uh, that would be generalizing on unfair basis, but this does need to be tackled. 36 people were killed, as you say, Gatleko. Uh, let's leave it there. Um, hashtag Safa now. Let's talk there. So uh, Safa is organizing um, plans or finalizing plans for the return of fans to stadiums. So how will this work? They're still meeting to discuss? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an exciting one for football fans. I'm particularly excited, mm-hmm. and I think that um, you know people can't wait together. Just the spirit of unity that um, unfolds when people are at the stadium. We know that the Department of Health and Safa um, are meeting on the 8th of October just to discuss the um, logistics um, around you know how will they manage the crowds and also with vaccinations. You know how will they um, how will People be allowed to enter the stadium. Essentially, we know that there's a um, pilot that's going to run on the 12th of October when Bafana Bafana faced Ethiopia okay, um, for the 2022 World Cup qualifier. And um, we're told that um, only people who are or only spectators who have been vaccinated can attend. So I think they're still trying to figure it out and see how it will work. And I think this is particularly interesting because, you know, before we started with trending topics, you spoke about um, uh, digital um, certificates for people who have been vaccinated. And I I heard a comment there that, you know, um, unfortunately, this may just be another platform for corruption May people now sell um, these certificates. But I do think that Safa will consider all of this and... um, and, and, and make the right decisions to ensure that, you know, they, they try to, one, encourage as many vaccinations as possible, but two, um, allow for people to be able to gather and um, enjoy football live again. Yes, Muketa Kido um, saying that in terms of corruption that it could result in. So the Minister of Health has welcomed these recommendations made by SAFA for, for fans to return to watch the live soccer uh, for the first time. Also, how will this mean then in terms of us speeding up the COVID-19 vaccination drive? Mm. I think, you know, as, as as I, you know, read articles, I think what has been most disappointing for me is to realize that the 18 to 34, 35 age group, so, you know, the youth are the ones with the least numbers of um, vaccinations. Um, so, you know, I, I would think that, you know, that is also a huge um uh, population that also watches football. So hopefully this will encourage those vaccinations. And to hopefully, uh, you know, um, hopefully there's still uh, supplies of vaccinations. We haven't heard of any shortages despite, you know, the fears that we had at the beginning of the year. But I think at this point, it's, it's just to try and get um, as many people vaccinated as possible. Um, we've seen this, this, um, less uh, contractions, which is great news for us. And, you know, now moving to um, less the COVID uh, restrictions when people are able to gather again. So I think this is good for the industry on its, um, on its own. We know that, you know, it supports many other people. If you just think about vendors who are able to sell at the stadiums, you know, um, people who are able to sell whether it's hats, whether it's T-shirts, et cetera, et cetera. So um, as, as, as the quicker we can get vaccinations in, the more people can enjoy being together and enjoy events such as football again. Is it a, an economic strategy as well? 
over and above it being a vaccination strategy? I think it is, and I think it's a good one. Um, you know, people do miss um, football besides, you know, the, all the strategies involved. But it is good that, you know, there's a duality to it, that we can enjoy, um, you know, the economic benefits. As I say, people who sell ice creams on the streets, people who, you know, sell t-shirts, cats, cool drinks, popcorns, et cetera, et cetera, will be able to come back in business. We know that, you know, if, if, this, if this was your line of business, selling hot dogs um, pre-COVID, you know, this COVID uh, period um, has definitely um, affected you. So with this um, coming into place and people being allowed back into state, into the stadium gradually, you know, it, 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 it will benefit the economy at the end of the day. In the meantime, the Premier Soccer League have denied that supporters will be allowed to return to stadiums after a recent address uh, from President Cyril Ramaphosa. So there's an upcoming Soweto derby on November 6th that was reported uh, to have been targeted for allowing fans to return. Uh, but PSL is confirming that no spectators will be allowed there. I think that's interesting. Um, you know, just the different differences in opinions or, um, you know, what what is being allowed because we've just spoken about Tafa saying, you know, no, they are going ahead. So there seems to be a miscommunication or a lack of unity in terms of what's going to happen in, in the industry, in the sector itself. But um, I do think that, um, you know, because the numbers are much lower and if we can increase um, um, num- the numbers of people getting vaccinated, I don't see a reason why we we shouldn't have spectators going back into the stadium. Yeah, and anyway, the 12 October match between Bafana Bafana and Ethiopia is before the November 6 Soweto derby. So I guess mm. then we'll get more direction from the SAFA side and PSL will go according to that. Uh, what about, though, the allowance of uh, the changing numbers in terms of outdoor events? Can, not, can that not just be copied and pasted onto this issue of stadiums? Pardon? The, the allowance, the change, I mean, with, with us being on level one now, lockdown, mm-hmm. there's more people allowed in terms of gatherings. And for outdoor mm-hmm. events, it's now 2,000 people and 750 mm-hmm. for indoors. Can we not copy and paste that then for this issue of stadiums? Do we need I to have private consultations? Yeah, I think that's going to be um, top of the discussion on the 8th because we know that, you know, stadiums don't take a capacity of 2,000 people. They feel thousands of um, um, people. If you just think about the soccer stadiums, yeah, that's 75 to 90,000 people. Um, you know, how are you going to manage that? And that speaks to vaccinations, um, you know, people wearing masks, um, and also just taking to COVID protocols so that we don't go back, we don't, one, you know, get to the fourth wave, but to to just contain the numbers and so ensure that people, because people are going to clubs, people are going to restaurants, you know, so it would just be unfair, as with churches, if, um, you know, the sports industry couldn't um, gather people in, 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 in numbers for them to spectate. And I guess, as we've spoken about, the economic benefits as well, that, you know, getting people back into stadiums is, is, is going to benefit a lot more than um, just spectators. Mm. And of course, let's not forget the players. What will this mean for them then? Should things change and the restrictions be eased in terms of access to uh, the uh, stadiums? Does it mean that maybe there won't be bench sitters, that maybe there'll be booster shots for players and maybe no hugging after <laughs> scoring? What, what will it mean? Let's not forget the players, eh? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, in several interviews, we've heard different players speak to how not having spectators has affected 
you know, their play and how they've also just had to adjust. Um, we've seen that, you know, when you're watching a game um, on TV, for example, you know, there's um, a, a noise that has been edited so that you don't hear what the players are saying to each other. And those are some of the things that, you you know, you would generally enjoy when you are um, watching a game live. So, you know, I think for uh, players as well, it will be an interesting adjustment again to, you know, go back to not having spectators, how they engage with each other, um, you know, can they hug, can they, you know, and, and, you know, when players come onto the pitch, we know that people want to hug them, people want to speak to them, will that, all of that be allowed, um, considering, you know, the potential risk that could pose to the players as well. Yeah. Okay, let's talk hashtag SADC now. Uh, President Ramaphosa saying that uh, the region will not tolerate acts of terrorism. So this is when he was delivering his opening address at the extraordinary summit of the Southern African Development Community and that organ on politics, defense, and security cooperation. This was in Pretoria yesterday. Tell us more. I think what's interesting about um, this particular story is that, you know, with the uh, Taliban taking over Afghanistan, experts, experts had warned that, you know, other African countries needed to be on high alert. So Somalia, Mali, Mozambique, and Nigeria, um, as well as the Western powers that support them, because, um, you know, there were ideas that the Taliban's takeover could inspire, you know, that uh, uh, revolt in other countries. And we've seen that happen now with uh, Mozambique. But, um, you know, it's, it's encouraging to see that uh, the committee or, 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 you know, the static um, um, organization has, has um you know, committed to um, deploying um, as as much resources as possible to, you know, to curb what is um, happening in Namibia. We know that in South Africa, 1,500 South African National Defense Force members, um, Defense Force members yes. um, have been, um, you know, deployed to the mission. And this was back in July. So we know also then, I mean, the president and uh, our president, South African President uh, Ramaphosa, is uh, on the same page as presidents of Botswana, Mukwezi, Masisi, and uh, Hey Gengob of Namibia, as well as Mozambique's Philippe Nyusi, uh, who were also saying that uh, there have been uh, achievements by the SA deployment and they are remarkable, mm. but they've also decided to extend the deployment. How will that then factor into what you just said, the, citing the example of Afghanistan, the Afghan-U.S. deployment scenario where uh, there was an overstay there a little bit and that resulted mm-hmm. in a bit of chaos and people were being kicked out. I think the extension will extension will definitely serve Mozambique. I think it is um, also very necessary just to ensure that by the time that, you know, um, resources are pulled back, um, there is some sort of, um, you know, control over the situation. Um, unfortunately, I think with these situations, it's, it's difficult to preempt them, even though, you know, experts can warn, but you only really um, understand how big the situation is once it is unfolding. So, um, you know, it's it's good that at least, you know, there seems to be progress um, and, you know, making achievements with with this situation. And hopefully um, it will be contained as soon as possible, because we know that the longer that it goes on, resources are being used up, um, you know, it costs money to be deploying our um, 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 law enforcers, you know, to Mozambique. If you think about just the resources, um, you know, um, um, food supplies, et cetera, et cetera, for people who have been affected, it, 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 it's, it's quite a costly exercise, yeah. but um, it is quite necessary, and we hope that 
situation will you know, come to an end soon. Yes, and also because there no no time limit has been put, so we do have to factor in the financial implications for South Africa as well in terms of this extension now. Um, I think it also boils down to the two parties or the two countries working together because South Africa could not have just been deployed to Mozambique to assist, but Mozambique would also have to welcome South Africa. I mean, if we look at a situation Mm -hmm. of Sudan where South Africa was deployed there, but they had to withdraw in April 2016 because uh, things were being made difficult in, in Sudan. They were increasingly difficult, according to the defense ministry, that there was no proper logistical support for deployed soldiers. So uh, I think that the fact that these leaders of SADC are echoing and on the mm. same page in terms of sentiments is going to help. Let's leave it there, um, Katleho. We could go on and on and on and on, but mm-hmm. thanks so much for your time. Eh? Happy Thursday to you. Thank you so much, and a happy birthday to my sister for this coming weekend. Okay. I wish her all, yeah, I wish her growth, and I love her so 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 much. And enjoy the rest of your day, Asanda. Awesome. You said it's on when? Eight October. It's on the ninth. Ninth. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Happy birthday to your sister, and you guys must enjoy safely in, inside. As yes, much as you can. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you what to do. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, thanks. Katlego Silwadi, social commentator, discussing social media trends in the last 24 hours. Some of your views then on our poll question. What do you make of the new vaccine certificate being launched this Friday? Do you think it will make life easier or more difficult?